You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. This is episode number 265. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. I'm your host, Noel Tarr. I am here with Stephanie Ruper. We are both in quarantine right now in our own homes, and luckily, podcasting is quarantine-friendly, so we are right on schedule. Today, we're going to be discussing no surprises here, how to deal with stress and anxiety during periods of uncertainty, the movement towards working from home and how to manage that, how to achieve body composition goals from a place of self-love and mental wellness, and not finding your worth in your relationships. So quite a variety. Uh, Before we jump in, I want to share with you a probiotic that I recommend and take personally. If you are a person who travels a lot for work, you travel on family trips, um, or you're just in the middle of the situation right now that is the coronavirus, you know how being in and out of airports and airplanes and public restrooms and restaurants and all that can make you more susceptible to catching something and getting sick. Um, You know, right now, just the normal day-to-day occurrences, going out, going to the grocery store, that can increase your risk your exposure to viruses and bacteria that cause the cold and flu. And there are a lot of things that you can do to boost your immune system to keep you from getting sick. And one of those things is a high quality probiotic that has proven effects. My favorite one that I use personally is Bioptimizers P3OM. It's a proteolytic probiotic that uses just one probiotic strain that has proven to fight the bad guys like parasites and viruses and other pathogens in your gut. It's also effective at improving digestion and supporting immune function because the majority of your immune system is actually in your gut. I know Steph and I have talked about this a lot, um, and we also talk about it in our book. Um, this is basically because your gut is the main place where there's a transaction that happens between your body and the outside world, which is the food that you're eating. So in the gut, food is absorbed into your bloodstream, and then your immune system has to be ready to fight off the bad guys that might have hitched a ride. So um, beneficial bacteria help you do that. P3OM, the probiotic that I take, it is so effective at this that researchers call it the Navy SEAL of probiotics. You can learn more about P3OM by going to p3om.com slash well fed. And what's really exciting is that they actually recently reformulated it. Um, The scientists behind the formulation figured out how to feed the bacteria strains uh, superfood, in quotations, um, which makes the new P3OM three times stronger. So that means it's stronger at making it effectively through the digestive tract, kicking out the bad guys, resolving the root cause of bloating or digestive issues, which could be dysbiosis, and then giving your immune system the resources it needs, which is so important right now. We're going to be talking a lot about that in a minute. Um, Wade from Bioptimizers, who I did interview in episode number 258, stands behind all of his products. And if you aren't thrilled with them, um, you get your money back. No questions asked. I've had great experiences with them. Um, Be sure to enter the coupon code. If you just go to bioptimizers.com, the coupon code is WELLFED10, and you'll get 10% off, or go to P3, the letter O-M, dot com, forward slash WELLFED. Um, that will have some discounted bundles in there, which I recommend getting. Um, and we'll put the link in the show notes. 
How you doing over there, Steph? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm glad. I've shown up. We had quite a few dramatic moments before we finally jumped on. I was like, are, are you dying? Because you're like, oh my gosh, Skype. Um, for those of you who don't know, Skype does, you know, very timely <laughs> updates. <laughs> Usually right when we're trying to start recording, which makes Steph super frazzled and frustrated. <laughs> I just like, I, I love Noelle a lot and I really like showing up for her when I say I'm going to show up. And so when Skype gets in my way, it's like my fault because I should have turned my computer on 27 minutes before we were supposed to record, you know, yeah. um, but I, but I didn't. So anyway, here you we didn't. are. That's okay. I was like, it's cool. I'm just going to keep shopping for my kids on Gap.com. That's um, great. Yeah. So, actually, I was, truthfully, I did that for a few minutes, and then I went to, I've been looking at the local food bank um, in my area, because their demand is really increasing right now. Mm. And so, well, it is everywhere across the country, folks. So if you can donate to your local food bank, that would be great. Um but what happens is a lot of kids are on free and reduced lunch. The food insecure families are on free and reduced lunch. And that means that they get their meals from school. A lot of kids do. And so if they're not in school, then most mm -hmm. of them aren't getting full meals or regular meals. So then the need has really increased with food banks. And um, so their demand has gone up. They need more food. So that's kind of one of the ways that we can support those who may, may not have food to eat right now. Um, including children. So what I'm thinking on doing is donating whatever profits that I make from uh, my beauty counter business in March, now through March 31st, although I feel like this is probably going to go on longer than March 31st, which is mm -hmm. the, date, the date that this episode is airing. Um, so it, it will likely be through the end of April, just for these next two months, like at least 15% of the profits that I make, I'm going to donate and then um, match that two times. So like, you know, if it's $500, then I'd, we'd match it with 1000 as a family. Like my husband and I. I like you guys so much. <laughs> I like you too. I know. It's, um, I mean, that's, there's so many things that are concerning about all of this, but, you know, there's just a lot of displacement. And, uh, yeah, I think being as proactive as you can about sharing, you know, even I, I don't, I'm strapped and I've been really financially hit by this as well, but. Uh, I do know people who are worse off, and so I will share because that's that's how humans get through things, you know. And I, I feel like we have a opportunity right now to prove to ourselves that we're capable of taking care of one another, you know. Like that that is the challenge that humanity is facing right now, and so I'm just um, trying to rise to it and help others do the same. Although I know it's hard because we're all afraid for ourselves, but that's exactly again that's exactly what being human is all about. So. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in the fear and the anxiety and, you know, everybody's opinion on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, where everybody has an opinion. Everybody's an expert in infectious disease. How <laughs> did we get so many experts? It's crazy. <laughs> I didn't realize. Um, no, it's it's real. It's it can be it can drag you down. And there's really only 
there's a couple places we need to be getting our information from and following those guidelines. And and just simply by staying home and only doing very essential travel or, you know, whatever, leaving the home. Um, Like if your baby needs more formula or you need water, you know, um, you know, food, that's important. Um, But otherwise, stay home if you, you know. It, unless you absolutely have to like follow that information. Other than that, uh, we don't need to be like you know getting. So it's very easy to get wrapped up in the the anxiety and the fear and the look at this and oh my gosh, this is all happening. Um, and that's scary. But I think what I what's helped me during this time is staying focused on like how to help and yes. really seeing the how this is trickling down in bigger ways than not. Yes, yes, getting a the coronavirus would be unsettling. But what's more unsettling to me is there are like a lot of kids in our area now that aren't eating, that are not that don't have food. Yeah. Like that's a that's huge. So I th- yeah. I think that there's ways that we can all come together and focus our efforts and cope in that way. Um and support those who are getting kind of the worst and the brunt of this. Um, so, like, that, the, the impacts that aren't even just getting the virus. Um, and, yep. like, so many people, like, hourly workers that typically make money, you know, whatever, a yoga teacher, small businesses, um, you know, bakeries, stuff like that. Like, they're not seeing any income right now, and you still have your costs. And... You still have to pay your rent, you know, um, and mm-hmm. so that's really hard for a lot of people like my like my my the family that cleans our house like now, you know, they're they're like we're very close with them. You know, we we see them every couple of weeks and they help us out so much. And, you know, they're they're they don't make money unless they're like in people's homes and cleaning people's homes. And so now they have the decision of, do I have to clean? Can I, should I be going into all these people's homes and continuing my, to run my business or stay at home and not make any money and maybe not be able to feed my kids. So yeah, that's, that's what's like more weighing on me at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing to cope? First of all, we got this question. So we're going to jump right in. What is going on in the UK, maybe that's different from the US, and how how has life changed for you, and then how are you coping? Um, well, yeah, maybe you'll, you know, this is, we're recording a little bit before this is coming out, but mm-hmm. um, the UK is a little bit interesting because a significant portion of the population want a full lockdown. We just want it. We want it so bad. And like my friends and I, we're all doing it, you know, and I have become incredibly meticulous. I carry a package of wipes, uh, um, reusable like cloths and a bottle of industrial grade garden sanitizer. And (laughs) wait, (laughs) garden yeah. sanitizer it's like home and garden you know it's not like oh, oh sanitize your phone because this will be soft on your face it's yeah. like put this on your fence to kill all the you know <laughs> okay. whatever leeches that's, that's very smart okay <laughs> well it's it's the only thing that was left and to be honest i also worry because i don't want to consume resources that somebody else needs more than i do yeah. you know so 
I bought this like garden sanitizer <laughs> and I like walk around with this bottle and like, I don't touch things, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I have, and we want a full lockdown because we're doing it and we want everybody to do it so we can end it hopefully, <laughs> and you know, move on. Um, yes. and move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the UK government has been slow to respond. I think it's had a very similar response response as the US government, perhaps because of the kinds of leaders we currently have. <sighs> So we have been slow to respond, but it seems as though the UK is actually closing its schools um, and doing a lot of that stuff this upcoming week. My life, I live alone. I live in a small room alone. Mm. And um, I actually have not spent a single day yet entirely alone. I tried (laughs) for a while. Um, And I would be able to. I know that I can. I can get through anything. Um, But I do have a hard time like being productive and I'm trying to produce resources like on my Stephanie Rupert page on Instagram or whatever, like constantly uh, messaging with people and doing lives and stuff about how to, how to cope with this. And so I'm trying to be productive and be helpful, but it's really hard for me to do it alone. And I tend to slip into like nihilistic depression Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I'm alone for too long. Um, And so I have two friends Um, And I go to their houses and work and I have this obsessive sanitizing practice um, and they have their own obsessive sanitizing practices. And we're just that's going to have to be okay because this might last a really long time and it would be literally impossible to to be alone for that long. And, um, you know, the 100 percent safety is, is really, really hard to guarantee anyway. So we're doing everything we can. And I'm still like going to two people's houses. And so I'm kind of a dead end. You know, I'm not. Um, right, right. It's just like me quarantining with three other humans in my own house. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and my husband is still having to leave. He's the one that goes and does the grocery shopping and then he comes back and we do the sanitizing thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. And my strategies are like, yes, I go see people. As soon as I feel like I need to see people, I say something and I go. Right. And that's just like, that's that period. Um, and I have a, I listen, I use a breathing app like uh, the breathing regulator of the Calm app. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you tones. You like inhale when it's like, you know, mm-hmm. different stuff. I use that to make me breathe slowly, um, which is which is very helpful. Um, I also have been very rigorous about uh, making sure, this is the thing I keep telling people over and over again, making sure that the things that I need to take care of or taking care of and making contingency plans and being aware of the kind of support that is available to me and the people around me, right? Like I'm, I'm being very informed in that sense. I'm controlling everything that I need to control. And then I am letting go, making myself put my phone down, like reading a book, that sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm trying to like navigate, you know, sit on that, on that, divide between like, okay, I'm tuning in, I'm taking action, I'm doing stuff for me and for other people. And then like, okay, I've done what I can. And now we just, you know, now we just wait. <laughs> we just wait, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of, that's the rhythm of of my life currently. Um, and yeah, like I struggle with, it. I've always struggled with intensely with anxiety and with uncertainty, but um Fortunately, in the last year, I've I've had to hold a lot of anxiety, and so I'm just like, all right, I'll continue to do this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. Like, Business I, as I, usual. <laughs> I mean, what I mean is, I have developed 
uh, a resilience and also all of these practices around letting go of control and um, meditating and stuff that are helping me hold it um, a little bit more easily. And then also just be able to uh, be a calm human for other humans, which is so important, right? Because when you speak with fear, other people pick up your fear, you know, like it's, it's emotions are contagious. And so um, doing what you can to take care of your own emotional state will also help the people around you. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do you have any, so, so you're, are you, you're not living on campus, but you're living close to campus? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, on campus is, is tough. No, I'm no longer in, I'm still, I'm in a graduate student housing. So Got I'm it. in a okay. studio, I'm in a studio apartment where there are studio apartments for graduate students. Okay. Yeah. So, and then is Oxford shut down right now? The university. Yeah. My dissertation defense is probably going to have to be online because um, it's supposed to be at the end of April. We wow. don't know. You know? But uh, yeah, Oxford is currently planning on the entire spring semester being online. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jeez. And you, are there any Oxford students who have gotten the virus or? Yeah. Do you know? Quite quite early on, actually. Um, but the response of the university was wonderful. They were like, we're an international community. That's just how we are. Like we have people coming in and out of every single country on, in the world every day, right? And so we will do everything we can to inform our students, but we're, we will not be discriminatory. We will welcome everybody, you know, that sort of thing um, mm-hmm. and, and be cautious. And so to date, there's been like 10 university students diagnosed, but... Uh, the number of people being diagnosed is radically lower than the number of people who have it, right? So, right, right, um, right. Yeah. you know, they're like people, what UK cases right now are 2,000, but they estimate that it's, you know, at least 60,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, right. it's there, like it, it's everywhere. Yeah, that's, that is sort of my feelings about it too, or my like unsettled feelings is, and what the media is doing is like, cases are exploding and i'm like well testing's exploding right um so that so that's a good thing we need more testing so that the people who know they have it can stay home but um at this point i kind of feel like okay well this is just gonna have to run its course people are gonna have to do their part and it's it's just gonna have to run its course so yeah but it could be a very long i know course with a lot of suffering for a lot of different reasons, you know, including the lack of hospital beds and the lack of access to food and people becoming homeless and like literally all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing for I think I think that everybody is sort of finally become more uh, like aware of and awakened Mm -hmm. to which is, oh, we need to sort of flatten this curve so that we don't overwhelm hospitals because it's going around now. So how can we all do our part so that we're not in we're not ones that need the hospital's beds and we're also not transmitting it to people who need those hospital beds. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so deeply hopeful that we stay united on our approach and, and mm-hmm. don't become politically divided. You know what I mean? Because right. it's so easy to, to kind of becoming this. a thing. Yes. It's kind of becoming a thing. And yes. that, that scares me a lot. It's like, look, this is a threat. People are dying. Can we not pretend like these numbers are like, you know, being fabricated or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, can we just, can we respond as a community? I do yeah. feel some degree of hope, you know, a lot, this has been compared a lot to the, you know, the flu in the, um, early 20th century, the Spanish stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do like, we do have the ability to be informed much quicker. Right. And it's often that works against us, but maybe now that's actually working for us. Right. Like you said, like we do all now kind of know, Oh, and like there's a company that's now like selling 
test kits, you know? So, Oh, yes. Um, they, they're actually, they're going on sale on the 23rd. Um, now you have to like have symptoms and Got be it. at risk for them to give the, for them to send you the test because they only, they currently have 30,000 tests. Um, uh, but they're hoping to be able to produce 250,000 a week. Wow. <laughs> Just a lot. Yeah. That's beneficial. Um, yeah. But like, so I, there's a lot of stuff happening quickly and we have the ability to learn about them very quickly. So hopefully, um, you know, we will be okay just so long as we keep it together. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, I mean, I, I, it, it really, it sort of makes you think about how different the world was a hundred years ago, even 60 years ago when we didn't have the internet Five. and <laughs> we didn't shop online for our toilet paper and our groceries. Like, I don't like most people. Yes. Like you said, the news got around very slowly. Um, it was usually by radio, like, or mouth, word of mouth and things spread quickly. And it was like in your face and you didn't, you weren't using, you probably weren't like ordering vitamin C really quickly and you didn't have access to, I don't know, like, like even refrigeration and freezers and fresh food, like all the, like, can you, our world has changed so much in 100 years. It's like baffling. So to think about what, like the benefits of now, like that is what gives me hope is like, cool. Like we, we can still be engaging and buying things online. We're all really (laughs) overly informed. We're all sharing our thoughts and opinions, but also really relevant news articles. And we're all really we can we can do this a lot better um, and stay more segregated in in our homes easier for sure. So I just yeah, crazy. Anyway, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Virginia wants to know, how do you maintain your sanity in all this if you've recently lost your job and tips for reducing anxiety? Um, Yeah, maintaining sanity is is hard. Like I Steph just addressed making sure that she's staying connected. And I think that that's really important. I think we also if we have people that we are living with at home, be present at home and stay off of the opinion feed um it, it just to settle yourself because it's not going to do anything if you're as long as you're following the advice you're staying at home and you're staying informed from the right sources you don't need to be constantly you know on facebook um i'm literally scrolling through statistics right now <laughs> Like I picked up my phone, I was like, "Oh, another link." <laughs> Let me do see not, what this story says. Yeah. Do not be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I put my phone down. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, okay. But I, but you know, I I hear you. I I yeah. It's it's hard to stay off of it because it's also the way that we stay connected with others. So we just have to be creative. I'm going to be sending out an email about all the things. I think one of the things that helps me maintain my sanity is is to maintain structure and try to maintain a schedule and like mm-hmm. business as usual. So for me, I just really want for, okay, I'll be honest for one maintaining sanity for me is knowing that I have done what I need to do to prepare so I'm snapping yes okay. so <laughs> number one yeah yeah so that was for me like looking at my freezer and making a list of like okay I have two kids I have a husband and if like if it comes down to it 
What do I need in my freezer? And like figuring out a way to get that done, whether it's by multiple grocery trips where we stock up gradually and we buy, you know, two or three bags of frozen broccoli every time we go so that if we need to just stay put for two weeks, I know my kids have frozen broccoli and frozen sweet potatoes. We just bought a whole thing of bananas. I'm going to cut those up and throw them in the freezer. So I'm moving into this mode of, okay, how can I stay prepared if we go on a lockdown, which by the time this this episode comes out, we may already be there. So for me, it's making the list. It's it's saying, how can I be prepared and how can I know my family is taken care of and like taking care of my family? And then the second thing is, and also buying a lot of vitamin C. I did that a few weeks ago, um, luckily. Um, the second thing for me is to maintain business as usual and to put that time and my efforts into my business. And I know that may sound kind of shallow, but for me, my business has always been about what can I do and how can I help others and better other people's lives. Obviously, Steph and I have never been motivated by finances, but we have been motivated to do what we're passionate about and to help people and to help people's mental and emotional health and also physical health. And it's you know, I don't apologize for that. So I've been trying to create, even this morning, I spent like two or three hours kind of talking over with my husband, like, what do I pull from Strong From Home and how can I make that free to everybody? Like, what what parts of the program can I pull and just be like, here's a bunch of free home workouts, which by the time this airs, hopefully that'll be done. So I'm going to send out an email to everybody and be like, here's a six-week program and a bunch of home workouts, totally free, download it here. You know, the whole Strong From Home program is going to be on sale um, probably like I was like, should I do 75% off? Like, I just didn't know, you know, it's just like kind of me working through all that kind of stuff in my head. Um, like I said, like putting my time into my beauty counter business for me, it's like, oh my gosh, like how can I take, okay. So if I, you know, say there's a sale going on on the site and, um, beauty counter, by the way, cause I, people, a lot of people ask this question. Um, Steph and I both work for beauty counter. It's a safer skincare company that does not, does a lot of testing um, for contaminants. So there's no um, heavy metals, endocrine disruptors, carcinogens, all that stuff, which I think is actually really important long-term. And even in this kind of scenario, like this is the kind of stuff that we need to be talking about in terms of like overall health and wellness, like reducing your exposure to that stuff when at all possible is going to directly impact your health. And so for me, I'm like, okay, how can I, you know, support people in that decision to maybe switch over and reduce their exposure to all of that stuff that can negatively impact their health, but also then take those profits and put it into a food bank. So I've been asking around because I don't like to just donate to, I I like whoever we donate to, to be very well vetted. And so for me, I'm like, who can I, who's, who's a good food bank in the area? You know, like, so it's just like, I'm researching, I'm doing, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I gotta write an email. And so I think there's ways that we can, besides just, and I, there's a time and a place for Netflix, right? There's a time and a place to watch all see the, all the seasons of the office. But I think at the same time, there's, there's a time and a place for us to now take some of this, this energy that we have, which is anxiety, but this energy that we have and put it into like, what can how can we use our resources to fuel other people and help other people and that's kind of what i have been doing now um because that's the way that i work and i operate and so i know it's going to be different for everybody some people are going to need to just chill but i i think more than not people need to get active and start doing things to um you know like cope and like move themselves forward, whether that's like securing themselves financially with a new thing or a new venture or, um, you know, just being a little bit more active and trying some new home workouts and stuff like that. So 
that's what I'm doing. Talk to me about mm-hmm. your snapping. What were you snapping at me? And also, what what are you? How are you? I mean, you have talked about it, obviously, <laughs> but do you need to add anything? Yeah, no, I just I I know a lot of. Again, you, you just said that thing that I thought was great that everybody's going to have a different need and a different strategy. But I do think that underneath everybody's strategy, the thing that is making people so anxious is the uncertainty. And so Mm -hmm. if you can take care of some things that are uncertain, you will reduce your anxiety, like period. You know, it's, it's a very nice equation in that sense. And so I'm very pro like being proactive. And I know it can be deeply uncomfortable to think about things that are scary, but just dive into them, use good, you know, quality resources, um, figure out what kind of support is available to you and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that will be really helpful for you. Uh, and like I said, yeah, put down your phone, um, focus on something I've been telling people a lot is like, look, uncertainty and like our vulnerability before the enormous chaos that is our universe is like, it's always a thing. And right now it's a little bit pronounced, you know, but tragedies come and go and we get smacked with uh, events, traumas that we couldn't have ever anticipated. And like, that's what life is. And so in a way, like this is providing us with an opportunity to sort of lean into like the fact that we really don't have control over so much of what happens to us. And that's very scary. And, you know, this is like maybe a very spiritual or whatever thing to be talking about, but this is, I mean, this is a big part of why spiritualities and religions exist, right? Because we have to, we have to acknowledge the fact that we really are like vulnerable humans and we live on this gigantic planet that is, full of people and we're all connected and like, yeah, that's an incredibly delicate system. Um, and so I think this, it's hard, but it's something that if we do it now will be beneficial for the rest of our lives, which is basically just coming to terms with the fact that like you can do everything you can and then you have to just sit back and say, okay, this is, you know, this is life. This is what I'm here for what's next. Um, and for some people that I've talked to, that's actually been really comforting, um, to just sort of understand that it's a inevitable thing, you know, that we just have to accommodate space for. And to be honest, I mean, in the modern West, we have, our worlds have become so uniquely, ridiculously safe to compared to what they have been for all humans throughout all of history that we've almost like forgotten what it's like to be under some kind of threat. But for Mm. the vast majority of people on the planet, like they are constantly under threats, Mm. right? Like we're so worried that this is going to kill millions of people, but 900,000 people die from tuberculosis every single year, right? And so like being under threat is a real part of what it means to be human in the vast majority of the world and throughout time. And so, you know, that can also help us develop some empathy and some compassion and and think about what we want to value and prioritize as we move forward. Interesting. Yeah. All right, friends, I recently found out that factory farmed meat, specifically meat that has been exposed to hormones, antibiotics and pesticides can directly impact your hormones, specifically estrogen. Yeah. 
That is crazy. With the growing trend towards estrogen dominance, we're seeing it more and more, not to mention the incredible strain that conventional farming puts on our land and our soil. Small batch farms like the ones that are a part of Grassroots Farmers Cooperative are needed more than ever. With Grassroots Co-op, you can order meat directly from small-scale farms in the U.S. that put a lot of attention into their production. Their animals are 100% pasture-raised, they live happy lives completely outdoors, and every farm practices regenerative agriculture, which basically means they're reducing carbon emissions and replenishing the nutrients in the soil rather than depleting them. That makes me smile. Um, It's truly incredible what they're doing. They're actually reversing the damage we've done to the environment with factory farming. And while all of that is really incredible and it's important, can I just say that the meat tastes absolutely delicious. It is some of the best meat I have ever cooked with. Grassroots Co-op is offering our listeners $40 off your first box plus free shipping. That is an incredible deal. Go get all of your delicious 100% pasture-raised meat right now. You won't be signed up for any subscriptions. You can just order a box, pack it with the cuts of meats that you want, and get it shipped directly to you for totally free. And fun fact... Grassroots Farmers Cooperative is 100% committed to transparency. They are the first and only farmers in the country using consumer-facing blockchain technology, so you can actually track every step of the journey from pasture to plate. Get $40 off your first box plus free shipping by going to grassrootscoop.com slash wellfed. Again, that link is grassrootscoop.com slash wellfed. I'll put the link in the show notes. Go to that link, build your first box, and get $40 off plus free shipping. Okay, second question is from Jamie. Best supplements to improve the immune system. Okay, so I'm just going to go through my big three, which we're doing right now. Um, Oh, by the way, I did go over this on the Insta. So it's on my saved stories, um, I think it's just called immune support, saved stories, immune boosters, um, lipos, vitamin C, vitamin C, vitamin C. If you start getting sick, take high dose vitamin C. <laughs> Talk to your doctor, but take high dose, high dose vitamin C. Um, I do liposom, uh, liposphericic vitamin C once a day. It's a thousand milligrams and then I up it to three times a day, which is 3000 milligrams if I get sick. Um, Number two, probiotic. C, sponsor at the beginning of the ad. Number, did I say number three? Number two. Number three is vitamin D. I take a Seeking Health D3 plus K2, and I've upped the dose from 5,000 to uh, 10,000 for my husband because he is still in a position where he has to go check on his job occasionally um, to make sure they... Sent. He doesn't have to go in anymore on a daily um, basis. We're all at home, but he, as a leader, has to go in and check on certain things. So he is the one that's going in and out of the house. Um, and zinc, Seeking Health makes zinc lozenges. I think those four things are the very well vetted supplements that are going to help you get over sickness. There's some really interesting information about vitamin C treating um, septus 
it like a doctor at Norfolk General um, in Norfolk, Virginia, did um, actually treated septus with high dose vitamin C IVs and was very successful at it. And so they are definitely looking into that um, in the presence of vitamin C viruses and bacteria um, have a very hard time living. So mm-hmm. that is something that I think is the is an absolute. Um, and when we get into this is my like to take care of you all. This is what I'm planning on doing. I hope you are too. Um, as this sort of dies out, I am actually planning on creating a stockpile of vitamin C um, based on expiration dates and, you know, in different forms for myself and my kids as part of our, um, one of the other things we're going to be doing is creating some sort of like, not a, what do you, not a stockpile. What would you call it? Like a, like a crisis kit um or we like a survival kit where we have things that would yeah be able to last us for a month or two if if you know let's say the internet disappeared or whatever um so that we have that kind of stuff if something like this were to happen again and um and so i just stock up on vitamin d and also those zinc lozenges because right now every vitamin d vitamin c and those lozenges zinc lozenges because everything right now is is currently unavailable and it's very frustrating and i'm sorry about all of that um, I wish I could say like, oh, all of this is available, but crossing our fingers, it's going to become available again soon. So, um, yeah, so I take the same things. All right, let's move on. Question number three is from Kayla. Can you discuss the logistics of achieving body composition goals from a place of self-love and mental wellness? I know it's possible, but I'd love to see how it actually works. Steph, we've both been here at different points in our journey. I'm not sure where you are at right now, um, but I'm in an interesting spot because I feel like my body is changing and I would like to facilitate that change um, after having two babies. So can you speak to your past experience and how um, you move through these phases in terms of your relationship with your body? Because I think both of us have had different, I think everybody has phases in terms of where their body's at, what they're comfortable with and, and where they're going. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a big question, but yeah. Hmm. Yes. So I think foundational throughout everything, throughout all of the flux in life is I am doing what I can to take care of myself, period. Right. And so sometimes I feel as though I have a little extra energy for certain projects. And if for you, that's changing your body composition, then go ahead and and put some of your emotional energy into that, you know, because generally speaking, making changes to your habits or uh, having the emotional burden of looking at your clothing size and wanting it to be different. Like these things take emotional energy, right? And so I would say always come at these kinds of projects, A, from a place of self-love, like I'm not going to do anything that's damaging to my emotional health for sure. And B, like, do I have the resources to do this right now. Um, and again, like, yes, for years at a time in my life, zero resources, I have zero resources for this, you know? Um, and in that case, like I think about it less and yeah, my body size can fluctuate, but I'm 
not going to be paying attention to it. And I'm going to be foregrounding in my mind the fact that the kind of woman I am most concerned with being is one that inspires people and can be an example to others and works really hard on being a good person and, and changing the world. And I, those are the reasons I want to be loved anyway. And so if people can't see past, you know, variations in my belt size, like, yeah, that's their problem. Right. So I hold that at the foreground of my mind all, uh, all the time. And then, uh, I let my body fluctuate. Sometimes I really feel like waking up in the morning and sprinting for 30 minutes, like feels great. Um, as a case in point for the last two months, I, for a while had like a very good rhythm. I had a lot of work to do and I would wake up in the morning and I would sprint on the bike and I would go to the library and I'd be there for X number of hours. And then like, and then I would come home and do yoga and I had this routine and it was great. And I was like, yeah, this feels great. And my body did change along with it. But then some disruptions came through to my life. And then I was like, all right, definitely not getting on the bike now. Definitely not you know, pushing myself in work more than I have to, um, definitely like relaxing this. And I, and then that was in the wake of, um, losing some competitions that were really important to me. Um, and then, uh, and then I was like, okay, I have some more energy for exercise. And then, uh, I went through a breakup, which was devastating, <laughs> um, and fine, also fine. And that took precedence. Right. And then I was like, all right, like I'm getting back into a routine now and like, here comes coronavirus. Um, and this has been like the last 12 months of my life, this kind of like ebb and flow and back and forth and yeah. back and forth. Um, and it, right now it's feeling good for me to move. I think for all of us, that can be so important, getting some dopamine and serotonin. Um, but yeah, I just, I want to encourage you to understand that like these phases do happen. And if you really want to prioritize this, like do it, but just make sure that you're not doing it at, at, at your own expense because that will come back and bite you, right? If you're doing it in a way that is making you feel guilty or shameful or in any other way hard on yourself, if you're doing it in a way that uh, makes you get obsessive or is making you uh, think about food or um, eat more than you were before because you're thinking about it so much, like if you feel yourself falling into patterns that like that can happen, right? And so just make sure that you're doing it from from this place. And I know you said to talk about the logistics and I just talked about mindset. Um, I'm really, <laughs> logistics are not necessarily always my strongest suit. Um, and I'm not quite a hundred percent sure. Um, you know, that definitely varies by the individual in terms of whether you want to have like a set routine that you never break. And maybe that helps you minimize your willpower because you don't have to think about making a choice. You just like do this thing at 9 PM, right? Like, or something, or you just buy these certain foods and that's that. Um, it's definitely uh, very individual to you. And so I would just encourage you to like move forward with a place of self-knowledge. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very individual. So I don't think we can talk. There's not like a four-step program, but I will say it's very easy. So if you've had a like a past experience of tying your worth into how much you're working out or how little you're eating or what, you know, what's on what your weight is on the scale. You're always going to I feel, in my opinion, you're always going to be a little bit more prone to that, especially when you start engaging with those behaviors again. So it just takes daily checking in with yourself. First of all, really building your own experience and your own relationship with your body and fitness and food 
with the understanding that your worth is not at all wrapped up in how much you work out or your body fat percentage or what you weigh. Steph and I have both been team. It's okay to want to change your body. It's okay to want to get stronger. It's okay to want to change your body composition. That's okay. I don't want to tell anybody that their feelings are wrong. I think we have to really stay in tune and in check with what are our motivations and what are our underlying beliefs that are making us want to go down that road and so you have to be really honest with yourself and sometimes that's not always easy and um, whether that means you know journaling about it talking to a friend about it listening to some of our podcast episodes and really just being honest with yourself about what is your motivation and as long as that's in check and you are not at all Um, You don't feel ashamed if you don't, you know, if you're one thing versus you're one size versus another. Um, You don't feel ashamed if you didn't go to the gym. You know that if, you know, you're overtraining or you feel tired, you're okay resting. Um, Your day is totally fine if you didn't work out. Like, you know, that kind of stuff is what I think what it looks like to pursue like achieving body changes, wanting to get stronger, more muscular, lift more, change, you know, all those things, doing that from a place of self-love and mental wellness. Um, It's been an interesting phase of life for me because right now, because I just had two babies. And so I'm not going to be having any more, um, at least not through my own body. And so um, it is... It's like I'm finally like for me, there's a lot tied up into it. And so I'm still like always evaluating my emotions around it all because it was this has been really, really hard on my body. And so for me, I do tie a lot into like getting back to a certain size, getting back into my clothes, getting back into the gym. That all, you know, that all means a lot to me because I think I see it as finally like not feeling like pain anymore kind of thing like you know going back to my life and what I used to do which is I really enjoyed that you know it was great for my anxiety and my mental health and I just I love working out I loved being on my bike I loved all that stuff and I haven't done that in years I mean y'all I have not worked I haven't done a true workout in years so when people tell me like I haven't worked out in 14 days I'm like oh gosh like so my reality is very different and I think it's been an incredible learning experience for me because I used to be that person where I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't worked out in 13 and a half days. You know, it was like I could count it on my hand, but now I know that really doesn't matter at all. Um, And what matters is like, where am I at with my body and and is it feeling well? And, um, you know, that looks different (laughs) every day. And now that Maverick's sleeping through the night, which just started happening this week, um, which we did have to nudge and help him facilitate all of that but he finally started sleeping through the night and now I like my birthday was on Tuesday and I got like I got on my bike for the first time like I I wake up feeling like oh I have energy again you know I'm not fatigued I've been doing my physical therapy daily and my back pain has really dissipated to the point where I'm either I either choose a walk or I choose you know a Peloton ride and um I, I have a really hard time it's still a challenge. It's still a challenge for me not to be like, oh, well, um, how, you, 
I don't I, I, I even find myself saying like, well, maybe I shouldn't eat right now because it's going to get like I'm going to work out. So then I'd want to work out after I eat. And um, well, gosh, I'm, what if I just like and I came in the house the other day from my from my bike workout and my husband had made me cookies and I was eating cookies. And for a second, I was like, well, what are you doing? You just worked out. And now you're eating cookies. And I'm like, would I eat cookies if I hadn't of worked out? And the answer is yes. They were the Simple Mills egg free cookies, which I'm still not doing eggs right now. So anyway, it just is like that little stuff that I still feel creep up. And I just have to like reset and like reevaluate and and talk myself through a lot of those I think those deep-seated diet culture beliefs that are just, they just have such a stronghold and make sure that I'm understand, un, you know, untying those, unwinding those and building a new conversation around it all and really understanding what my motivation is, which is to feel well and to move well and to get stronger. And it's okay if my body doesn't change. I would like it to. Um, at this point, I would like to see a little bit of some shifts for me, but like, I would like to see my muscles again on my arms and my back. Like I just enjoy that. So, and that's okay. And I accept that, but I also at the same time, make sure that that's not where my worth lies. And if that doesn't happen, would I still be doing what I'm doing? And the answer is yes. So is that okay? Did I just make everybody more confused? No, I think it's great. Okay. Last question, which I do think is going to be more for you. Just threw this out there, seeing what you want, seeing how much you want to talk about. Question number five. Hi there, ladies. This is from Nina. I recently went through a very abrupt and unexpected breakup, and I find that I'm still turning it over in my mind a month later. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to get back together with my ex, and he is, and have given up waiting for him to even offer an explanation. What I am curious about is how to move on from this and stop feeling like a pile of dog poo. I have never considered myself one of those girls who needs to be in a relationship to feel worthwhile, but I do sometimes find myself comparing myself to my girlfriends who are all in relationships and feeling lesser. I also don't know how to trust my judgment in the future, in future relationships, because I felt so secure in this one and was so obviously mistaken. I was hoping you ladies might be able to offer some advice on how to move on, how to regain your sense of confidence and trust, and how to stop feeling like your worth is being measured by whether or not you're in in a relationship or part of a couple. I know these are super big questions, but any advice you can give would be greatly appreciated. Fortunately, super big questions are our favorite kind of question. <laughs> um, yeah, so most of us uh, know what it's like to be dumped. <laughs> um And it's any kind of a breakup is never easy for so many reasons. You know, I've the language that I often use to describe it is like you have these tree branches and they grow together and then they kind of harden and then you pull them apart and they all snap and it sucks, you know, Um, because you literally are like you're missing like a something, you know, with, with which you have become like deeply intertwined. Um, and, and that's really hard. I think it's very healthy to accept that you might not ever get a, an explanation. You know, there so much of our culture, we talk often about this idea of getting closure. Uh, and that's a very elusive concept because sometimes even after you get the answers that you want, you still like you still feel incomplete. You still feel hurt. You still feel rejected. Like, um, 
you still don't understand how that can be the case, right? Like this person that you were with may have had this one like deep seated anxiety or like one concern they were caring about their relationship uh, around with them forever and ever. And they just kept it, you know, very secret and it was fine. And then like, even if you found out about it, it still would be a little bit incomprehensible. And if it became comprehensible again, like it, it would still, it would still hurt. And so it's very healthy and important um, when you go through these things to just understand that humans are being human and they're hurting in their own ways. They're taking care of themselves in their own ways. And it's awful that that means that you get hurt too. Um, but that's just, unfortunately, that's how the, the cookie of the human condition crumbles. Um, so this idea of needing to be in a relationship to be worthwhile, um, yes, I absolutely believe that you should get rid of it right now. Um, this totally depends on the kinds of social circles that you run in. Uh, I'm in my thirties and I am now resoundingly single. Um, for those of you, you know, I've, <laughs> made it apparent in this podcast, I suppose. Um, oh, P.S. This is why I haven't really been on Instagram or was for a while. And then everything happened. Um, but because you are just processing on your own, you don't. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. Of, yeah. I'd quick aside, just because I want to explain all of this to y'all. Um, I, uh, I ended up in some financial straits that meant that our resources for health to empower needed to decline. And around the same time I went through a breakup with a lovely human and then, uh, and then there was coronavirus. And so I've just, I've been, uh, holding up, you know, you have to just decide what you're going to hold up when you're going to hold it up. And I just haven't been on the health to empower social media as much as I would like. Um, but I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I love you all very much and thank you for your patience. Um, so anyway, I'm in my thirties and I'm single and I am very happy with it. And the people in my life are very happy with it. Like nobody, you know, nobody thinks less of me and I don't, we grow up around this idea that it is the purpose of a girl, of a young girl to like find a knight in shining armor and get a white picket fence. And like, that's the thing that you're told is going to fulfill you in life. And that's the thing that you're told is going to make you like a valuable member of society. Uh, and it's very, often very subconscious, you know, but it's just not true. It doesn't have to be true. And honestly, like you have to really know how to be happy and take care of yourself uh, to be like sustainably happy throughout the course of your entire life and to feel worthwhile. And so I would advise you that, um, if you feel judged by people, you know, either talk with them about it or find new people. Um, and if they don't judge you, but it's you imposing this on yourself, then, um, just, you know, note what I've said and, and take it to heart and think about, you know, ground your meaning and your worth in your life based on who you are and what you bring. You know, don't look at it in terms of like what's coming to fill you. Think about like what are you filling in the world and in your friendships and in all of your relationships. I would also advise you to lean a lot into your friendships. Um, for those of you who follow me at Stephanie Ruber on Instagram, um, I did recently put up a photo of an engagement ring that I recently purchased. Um, I now have two, although I'm not engaged to anybody. Um, 
And this one, I, uh, my best friend also bought one and, uh, we bought them to commemorate like the depth and intimacy, um, and, and commitment of our friendship. Right. And so like there was, there was love in so many forms in the world and you have the ability to contribute to the planet in so many magnificent ways, um, that this is, these, I think are, are some of the, um, more, you know, like the, these are ways to ground your worth that aren't necessarily going to go away or leave you. Right. And, um, and they feel really good. Uh, and again, I know it's very, very hard to untangle once you've been intertwined with somebody, but when you lean into like what you can do for people and when you lean into the various kinds of love you have in your life, it makes it, it makes it a little bit easier and you can sort of grow your vines, um, in a multitude of, of ways. And so that's really what I recommend for people going through this. Have patience for yourself. Don't be afraid to reach out to people who are around you, who can support you, you know, um, and, yeah, cultivate love and experience the beauty of the world wherever you wherever you can find it. Yes, I will only add that do what you can to eliminate this person from your life on social media because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just I am not following this advice currently. <laughs> um, well, if you've had a really hard breakup and somebody has just ditched and ran, it's it's hard to you like you want to know why, right? And as a questioner, I can definitely relate to that. You always want to be grasping for like what happened, what's going on. And sometimes, like I'll be honest, like knowing why doesn't really help. Um it's not really going to bring you any sort of closure. And you'll never, in my opinion, it's going to be very hard to find closure if this person is still in your life on social media and you're stalking them. And I know this is like what we do now, but it is not like, what is that benefiting your life? Um, so if you can just just remove it, remove, remove him, unfollow if you have, you know, family members of his that you're looking you know your friends with which happens you know our lives become intertwined you know consider unfollowing i just it's it's hard and it can you can just go like when it's late at night and you're feeling lonely you can just start going down that rabbit hole and it's not productive so that's when you call a friend that you have bought an engagement ring with yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. anything else from you that's it from us. Stay safe, folks. If you can, go ahead and jump over to Facebook and don't look at your news feed, but just type in Well-Fed Women Holistic Health Community. We'd love to hear from you. We are all chatting in there, and it is a safe and wonderful space for, um, hopefully, all of us. And it's where we sometimes ask questions about you know what kind of content you want on the podcast. So join us there. I will also link to it in the show notes. For more from me, go to coconutsandcatabals.com. For more from Stephanie, go to healthtoempower.com. If you have a question, like a long-form question, you can still email it to us, wellfedwomen at gmail.com. We will talk to you next week.